Get yourself ready for video podcasting and live streaming with these 11 preparation tips. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 225. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. And this episode is brought to you by Harry's. If you go to harrys.com and use the promo code NOODLE, you'll save $5 on your starter kit. I'll tell you more about Harry's in a little bit because it's totally relevant to this episode. I'm excited to have Harry's sponsoring this episode. In my last episode, number 224 at slash audio prep, I shared 13 tips to prepare yourself for audio podcasting. And all of those tips apply as well to video podcasting because the most important thing in video is your audio. So definitely go back and listen to that episode, number 224. But in this episode, I want to talk about if you're taking things to that next step of producing video or maybe just live streaming the video, but you publish the audio. That's what I do with the Audacity to Podcast. I stream the recording of the Audacity to Podcast live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live. But I publish the audio. I do sometimes let the video publish to my YouTube channel just so I have some other content there and can reach that audience. But it's primarily just talking head. So I'm not as interested in promoting it because I know it's not as engaging content as possible. But some people watch the version that I put there on YouTube. So whether you are live streaming while you record your audio podcast or you are creating a video podcast, These 11 tips will help you prepare yourself for video. This isn't about setting up your equipment and getting the software right and the hardware and where microphones and mics and lighting and all of that should be. No, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I do have a complete checklist of things you should do before every episode of a podcast, and that's audio or video. That's available at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash preflight. It's called a preflight checklist. But these are the things you should do for yourself, your body, your face, the stuff that is you that will appear in the video for your podcast or your live stream. So these 11 tips are focused then on specifically video. But number one is a little bit familiar. Number one tip, prepare yourself audio. Yes, I'm repeating this content a little bit from last time because the most important part of a video is the audio. If people can see you, but they can't hear you, your video is worthless. And that is if you're trying to communicate with your voice, which most of us are. So you really need to make sure that your audio is good. Go back to the previous episode, number 224, And check out the 13 tips I shared to prepare your body and your voice for audio podcasting. But just for your quick reference, here they are again. Number one, drink plenty of water. Number two, be careful what and when you eat. Number three, avoid soda, cream, and alcohol. 
Number four, get your blood flowing. Number five, use the restroom. Number six, get more water for drinking while recording. Number seven, clear your sinuses. Number eight, apply lip balm. Number nine, warm up your voice. Number 10, have something for fidgeting. Number 11, clear your mind. Number 12, breathe. And number 13, have good posture. All of these things that apply to audio also apply to the video here. So this is the most important thing for your video is to prepare yourself for the audio. The rest of these will be definitely focused on your video. So you can follow along in the show notes for episode 225 at com slash video prep. That's number one, prepare yourself for audio. Number two, get plenty of quality light. Lighting is the second most important piece of a good video. So whether you're video podcasting or just live streaming the video while you're recording your audio podcast, good lighting can really make the difference for you. It can make a cheap webcam look great. And bad lighting can make an expensive DSLR or HD, even 4K video camera that may cost thousands and thousands of dollars look like a cheap webcam if it doesn't have good lighting. Good lighting helps the camera to not have to work as hard. Good lighting exposes things properly. It adds nice shadows and highlights in good areas if you learn how to do proper lighting technique. But it doesn't have to be complicated. And this isn't really about the technical side of your video of you need a three-point lighting system or you need this specific lighting kit or this specific angle or color temperature or anything like that. This is about you. And for you, the quality of your lighting can really make a difference between looking like a ghost in your video or maybe having those overexposed hot spots where it's just one little dot or circle on your face looks really bright and awkward and bleached out and it's affecting everything else. Or you look like you're in the wrong color temperature completely, like your skin is too red, it's too yellow, too green, too blue, too whatever color. And if you don't have lighting at all, then people may not be able to see your face at all. Or the camera might have to work so hard that it's producing visual noise and it could look like your face is littered with acne because of all of the visual noise. And you just won't look good if you don't have good lighting. So think about this when trying to apply lighting for you is apply lighting for you. Light your people. That's the most important subject of your video, the people that you have, if that's just you or if it's a couple different people, light them. The background doesn't matter as much as the foreground does. The background could be dark. It's not ideal, but it's okay if the background is dark or overexposed and too bright as long as the people are fully visible and you're not getting strange lighting effects. Like sometimes you can have a problem where the background is so bright that it's causing this halo effect or odd glow around a person that makes them look kind of weird or causes weird issues with the camera. Light for the people that are in your camera. And it does help to have some good lighting for the background as well, but that's not as important as lighting your subject. Your subject is the subject of your video, and that's you or your guest or the people that you have in your video podcast or live stream. Even if you have only one light. It can be pretty easy to get some good lighting, and that is it just needs to be some good bright light, and I recommend that you have it at a slight angle to the left or to the right 
of yourself. So that way it's not pointing directly at you from somewhere around the camera, but it's kind of going across your face so that you do get some shadows. The shadows are what add depth. If you use some cheap cameras with a little pop-up flash, you've probably noticed that when you use the flash, yes, things are lit really brightly, but things just look flat and one-dimensional. And that's because the light is all coming from about where the lens is, and thus, there's no depth to it. There are no shadows that show how far back something is, or you get odd shadows that are directly behind the object. It can just look weird. So shadows are good things to have, and it can be really easy to do that. Even if you're just using a window with some kind of diffused sunlight shining in, try to be a slight angle away from that window so you get some light basically spilling across your face instead of hitting you straight on. This creates something that can look a lot better and really complement the way that you look and the way that your guests or co-hosts look in the video. So get plenty of quality light. Low quality light would be if you're working with a lot of typical household light bulbs, which sometimes you can make that work. You just have to make sure you have control over the color balance or the temperature of the lighting in your camera so that whites look like whites, grays look like grays, blues look like blues, and so on. That's number two, get plenty of quality light. Number three, over-adjust the temperature. This may not seem like something that matters for video, but it does a lot because the temperature of the room affects your comfort, and your comfort is visible in the camera. Most podcast studios are better, and even if it's the basement of your house or a closet somewhere, but they're better if you turn off the heater, the air conditioner, fans, any kind of ventilation that you have running, because then you no longer have that background noise of somewhere in the room. And you can experiment yourself to see whether the background noise is really noticeable. What I recommend that you do, just in case you're wondering, is record yourself at normal voice talking as someone turns on the heater or the air conditioner lets it run for a minute and then turns it off again and continue talking during that whole time, then run standard loudness normalization protocols or like you could use a phonic, but whatever you do, don't use a compressor or noise removal. And then listen to the part that had the air conditioner running and the part that didn't have the air conditioner running or the heater, whatever the case is, and try to figure out how loud is the noise in the background? Can I even hear it at all? Is it visible in the waveform? Can I hear it? Can I hear it while I'm in the car? Can I hear it while I'm outside listening through headphones? Do I hear it while I'm playing it back on the speakers here in my studio? But most likely, the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system that you have is going to make noise that makes it into your recording. So I do really recommend that you suffer a little for the art of podcasting. Turn off the heater, air conditioner, fans, so that it's not making that noise in your recording, especially if you're doing any kind of video with a lavalier microphone, a condenser microphone, or a shotgun microphone. These kinds of microphones, some of them, even if they're dynamic, uh, like a shotgun microphone or maybe a lav microphone, they do still pick up background noise and sometimes a lot more than a studio microphone would. So any kind of background noise will be noticeable a lot more to these microphones that you would typically use in a video setting. So you need to turn off that noise in the background, but 
if you turn off the heater, air conditioner, ventilation, whatever, you might start sweating or you might start shivering. I've done something before where when I was recording my SEO for podcasters course, it was in the middle of January and beginning of January. It was really cold and my wife uh, was out of the house at that time. So I just turned off the heater for quite some time and would record. It was nice that I could have then the heater completely off and not have to worry about someone else in the house freezing. But what I did notice is that some of my videos, my nose was starting to get red from getting cold. So I would have to heat up the room a little bit more and then record and then pause, heat up the room a little bit more. That kind of thing can happen or the opposite way if your room is hot. So to account for this, try to over adjust the temperature in the room. Make it a little bit colder than you normally would from the air conditioner. That way you have a larger comfort zone before you start sweating. Or if it's in the winter, make the room a little bit warmer than you might have normally made it. Get a little space heater or something like that so that you can warm it up and not be shivering while you're talking. Who wants to hear your teeth chattering while you're talking and podcasting and freezing or trying to get this noisy coat on or shivering or just looking very uncomfortable in your video? That won't make for a good video, but it will show if you're uncomfortable. So try to over adjust the temperature as necessary so that you have a longer amount of time that you can podcast without your comfort becoming a distraction to both you and your audience. That's number three. Number four, remove sweat or face oil. Things like stress, the lighting, and even just the design of our bodies can produce extra skin oils or perspiration in many different environments. And this usually looks pretty bad on video. Sweat or oil can make your hair look matty or messy. It can make your palms sweaty and make it difficult to hold things in your hands or awkward to shake someone's hand or just look weird. Uh, It can mess up ink on your pages if you're reading from notes. Your uh, armpits, if they're sweaty, could look bad on the video where you see these dark spots or maybe you're dripping sweat somewhere else, or you have oil on your face that's just making your face extra glossy and causing a shine on the camera from all of the lights. All of these kinds of things can just look bad in the video. So I recommend that you have a handkerchief or a cloth or something nearby that allows you to take care of this sweat and oil as it comes up. If it wasn't for my beautiful wife, I would have never realized how oily my face gets. And frequently, when she knows I'm going to do a video, she'll come down to my studio and write a note on my dry erase marker board to say, wipe your face, because my face does produce face oil, and I often have to wipe it. So I always have a handkerchief ready in my studio so I can wipe my face and get some of that oil off. And whether you wipe your face, dab it, blot it, powder it, or whatever else you do, figure out what works best for all things considered, like A woman might not want to wipe her face because that could mess up her makeup, so maybe she would need to powder instead, or maybe just dab or blot the face with a special oil-absorbing cloth or what to me just seems like tracing paper, really. That's a cloth? I want to draw on that thing, not use it on my face. But these things, when they're present, the extra oil and sweat will make you look stressed and will look 
really bad in the camera. They'll look even worse with the camera and the lighting than they will just in regular real life without the camera and lighting. So try to reduce these things as much as you can or remove them if possible. That's number four, remove sweat or face oil. And going along kind of with that, number five, consider makeup. For women, this isn't as much of a consideration because it's more of an assumption for most women. And I know I'm being stereotypical here, but that's because we fall into stereotypes. Most women are much more conscious about their appearance than men are, and women will typically wear makeup, and they'll be very good at wearing that makeup and applying it in just the right places, just the right amounts, just the right colors, and all of that. What usually happens in the video camera and with all of the lighting that we might have is that whatever blemishes we have, acne, warts, cuts, scars, razor burns, sunburns, and all other kinds of blemishes, will just be highlighted all the more. The contrast will be even bigger. Those red spots will look even more red. And those things can be distracting to the viewers. If you're aware of them, it can also make you self-conscious and distract you from presenting that information. Like with podcast editing, I don't recommend that you use makeup to perfect yourself. Just maybe consider makeup to cover up some of the distractions. I like the principle with photo editing when you're editing a portrait of someone is just reduce or remove those things that won't be there in a couple weeks. Wrinkles, those will stay. A wart, a freckle, a scar, those will stay. Maybe some acne, that'll be gone in a couple weeks. Maybe a cut or a sunburn or a bruise, those will be gone in a couple weeks. Those are the things you might want to remove, those distractions, or to hide them a little bit more. Ladies are really good at this. Guys, I don't think we care much. And there's certainly nothing wrong with those unchangeable blemishes, like the scars or the moles or anything like that. These are what make you you. There are many actors out there. Who have certain scars or warts or freckles that once you know they are there, you will see them in everything from that point forward. But that's okay. It's part of what makes you, you. So you don't have to worry about hiding these things. But do consider diminishing the appearance of some of those temporary things. That could be maybe with a little bit of makeup and Men, if you have a wife that's good with makeup, you can ask for her advice. I'm not talking about putting rouge on or eyeliner or mascara or anything like that for the guys, at least. I'm not talking about anything like that. Just what you need to cover up some of the things that might be a little bit distracting because it can be pretty embarrassing to look back at a video and realize, oh man, I had a zit right there on the middle of my forehead and that looks horrible in my video. So try to cover these up just enough that you can consider makeup. For the ladies, they're pretty good with this already. But what you might want to consider if you're a woman is don't apply too much makeup because that can also look bad and can make you look like a doll, like in the wrong way, like a literal doll, like a Barbie doll or a plaything instead of like an actual human. So don't put on too much makeup. 
And always be careful with matching the correct tone of the makeup to your skin and applying it smoothly and diffusing in whatever techniques that you need to do. I, I don't know makeup terminology. But what I do know is sometimes if you don't match the tone of the makeup correctly, the studio lighting or just the camera will make that slight tone variation a lot more evident and it will make your face look splotchy and you'll have these little patches of off-color spots. So consider makeup. That's number five. You can follow along in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash video prep. Number six, check your hair. Just like makeup and other things, your hair doesn't have to be perfect, but you want to make sure that it is not distracting. You don't want it to fall on your face. You don't want your hair to look unkempt unless that is actually your style. In that case, that might be okay. And you don't want it to be too messy that it looks like you don't have a mother, as my mom used to say. But where you should be especially mindful of how your hair is styled and whether it's messy or how messy it is, is if you have light-colored hair and you're recording in front of a dark background. The opposite of this doesn't really have too much of a problem, dark hair on a light background. But if you have light hair, it's just lit up even more with any kind of lighting that you have and a dark background what you'll end up seeing is those little strands of hair that stick up just here and there. And that can be a little bit distracting or look odd, or especially if you're doing any kind of special effects with a green screen, hairstyles can cause horrible complications for editing and enhancing your videos with green screens because hair is just, it's a pain to work with in green screen effects. You have to do all the special stuff so that the hair is still visible. You can still see some color through it. That's why it's nice to just shave your head and not have to worry about hair at all. But that's not practical for all of us. There have been a couple of videos I've done where, because at this moment, I'm just experimenting with my hair before I shave it all off because I know I'm going bald. I've talked about this many times, probably way too many times in my Clean Comedy Podcast over at cleancomedypodcast.com. Pretty much just listen to any episode within the last 50, uh, somewhere between 150 and 200. Pretty much anywhere in there, I've talked about growing my hair out and some of the experiences with it. It's funny experiences, but there have been a couple of videos I've done where I recorded the video, then I looked at it and I realized there was a little chunk of my hair that was just looping out in some really weird way and it was distracting i know probably more distracting to me than to other people but it just didn't look right and especially guys if you have longer hair like i do at this moment then there might be certain things that you want to consider that might make your hair look more masculine or that are making your hair look less masculine whatever it is just check these things make sure it looks okay and you might want to check it before you actually go live because in our process of getting ready to set up our studios and moving things around, we might be bending over or moving around in ways that our hair ends up all over the place and we have to do a quick brush over again before we go live because we've moved, messed it up since then. This is number six, check your hair. Number seven, shave. This is really primarily for the guys. And I don't know about you, but I don't like shaving every single day. But I do recommend that you learn how often your own body needs to be shaved, your face especially really is what we're talking about, and 
learn what looks good on video. I have a couple videos where I was highlighting something about a lavalier microphone. So I zoomed in really close on my neck and showed where I could connect the lavalier or clip it to either a t-shirt or a lapel on a jacket or something else like that. And I realized on some of these videos, they looked disgusting because I hadn't shaved that day. I shaved the day before, but not on that day. And so you could see all of the stubble and you could see it up close and personal as I was zoomed in on the microphone. And it looked horrible. That might not always appear in your videos, but do be considerate of how you look, especially neck hair. Be considerate of how you look in video when you shave or don't shave. Now, this episode is sponsored by Harry's, and I was excited about this because I've had this content planned for a while. And when I had this opportunity for Harry's to sponsor this episode, I knew this was a perfect match because Harry's makes razors for men. And these are high quality blades. They sent me a test kit that I could use. What I did is I first started using my regular shaving gel that I was using before. And on one side of my face, I used a new blade on my old razor. And then I used the Harry's razor on the other side. I was quite impressed. The Harry's razor felt like I was rubbing soap, a bar of soap on my face. It was that smooth. The head of the razor is designed that what you're probably used to is where most razor heads have a hinge. So it tilts and turns in really just one axis. But the Harry's razor head has, it's like a kind of rubber so that it can twist a little. And the result is really a much more comfortable, smoother shave. I really like this. Check it out at harrys.com and use the promo code noodle to save $5 on your first purchase over there. So then I used their cream, my old razor with new blades and the Harry's razor. And that was a beautiful combination there. That felt much more comfortable I was already thinking, I'm going to switch to Harry's because I really like this experience. I hope the price is affordable. Well, I am not using the fanciest blades, or I wasn't using the fanciest blades you could get from a retailer. And I discovered that the blades I was purchasing were at their best deal, about $2.60 per blade cartridge. And those were for cheap, almost the cheapest name brand blades I could get. You can get Harry's razor blades for as little as $1.56 per cartridge, depending on how many you order. And that's not even counting my promo code, Noodle. So please check it out, harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And use the promo code Noodle at checkout to save $5 off your first purchase. There is no shipping if you make an order over $10. So you don't have to worry about going to the store. Guys, this is a great way for you to look good in your video podcasting or your live streaming is to shave with a good razor blade. And I really recommend Harry's razors. Go to H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and use the promo code noodle at checkout to save $5 off your starter kit. You're getting a complete shaving kit for only $10. H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. That's harrys.com and use the promo code noodle. It is important for you to shave, to look good on camera, and you might need to shave the day of your recording. 
You might need to shave right before. You might need to shave a few hours before. Whatever it is, don't get too aggressive with your shaving because if you do, then you end up with razor burn. And that's where having a great razor like Harry's can really help to give you a good, close, clean, comfortable shave without causing the razor burn. And also using things like their cream and gel that they give that moisturizes your face afterward to help it just heal from the shave and just look and feel great and sometimes even reduce those face oils. These will make you look great in the video. So this is number seven for the guys shave. Now, if you are bald or if you've chosen to be bald and you shave your head, you can also use Harry's for that. And they have specific instructions, some tips on using their razors for shaving your head. That's something else you might want to consider. If you are the type that you shave your head completely, you might want to do that before you record. If you like having a button-down shirt or depending on your chest hair, I know this is starting to get awkward, you might want to consider trimming or shaving that chest hair. Whether you trim with scissors or an electric razor or you shave it clean with a Harry's razor, just enough so that it's not distracting. There was a moment at Las Vegas at the CES Convention Center when I was live streaming with the Tech Podcast Network, Todd Cochran's group. And I was solo for about an hour, I think, during the live stream. And I was wearing one of our button-up collared shirts. I wasn't wearing a t-shirt underneath it because I'm just not that kind of person. But one of the comments in the chat room said, hey, Hasselhoff, button your another button on your shirt. Your chest hair is sticking out too much. And it was a little bit embarrassing and something to laugh at, but a good reminder that maybe I need to manage some of the hair a little bit lower below my neck than I was thinking I needed to. This is number seven. Guys, shave. Women probably don't need to be concerned with this as much. Guys, if you shave, even if you have a beard, just make sure it looks good. It's nicely trimmed around the edges. Whatever it is, make sure it looks good and clean and well-kempt and you will look a lot better in your video podcasts. And remember, check out harrys.com and use the promo code NOODLE to save $5 off your first purchase over there. Number eight, choose your clothing wisely. Cameras aren't designed as well as our eyes are. Our eyes can see very vivid colors and our eyes can distinguish fine patterns. Even if you don't have very good vision, certain things just look a lot better to our eyes than to a camera because of all kinds of factors. One of those things for a camera that you need to be aware of is the clothing that you choose. Not only should you think about things like certain fits of clothing, uh, certain aspects of modesty, or certain aspects of uh, things that can just get awkward to think about or to be confronted with. Be considerate of your clothing to choose what fits well and doesn't look awkward. There have been a couple of things I've worn in videos that, aside from a shirt I have that my wife absolutely hates and uh, disappears quite frequently, There is something else I've worn before in videos that I've realized, man, I just, I look fat when I wear that, or it just looks sloppy on me when I wear that because of the way it fits or how it falls and stuff like that. So be conscious of that. Also be conscious of things on the shirts. Like I recommend that you avoid thin stripes and detailed patterns on your shirts 
Because small details like this to a camera can either be lost or cause strange little artifacts, like little blinkings when you move around. And you don't want to run into that. It could be an anti-aliasing problem. It could be something else. You just want to try to avoid that. So try to avoid patterns, detailed patterns, or thin stripes on the clothing that you wear. Also avoid logos. This isn't for the sake of making it look like you're sponsored when you're not, although that is something to consider. But the more important thing is to not make it look like you are affiliated with a company when you are not. That's where a logo would be concerning. Usually our logos on our equipment, the computer we use, the microphone and such may not be showing as much as a shirt. If your shirt has a logo on it, you might want to cover it up or wear a jacket or wear a shirt that if it has something printed on it, make sure a logo or a brand name is not visible on it. Also avoid brights, especially bright reds, because the vibrance of some colors just can't be captured by most cameras out there or displayed by most computer screens and TV screens. So something that looks really bright and vivid to you in person may look sick, like literally sick on the camera. That vivid neon green may look like puke on the video camera. And certain things like bright reds can actually cause mental and visual stress, especially really bright reds. Reds are just not good in color psychology, bright reds especially. Dark, deep reds are okay sometimes, but it's just best to try to avoid reds as much as possible. The other thing to consider is avoid blending in with the background. If you're doing a green screen, you probably know this. Don't wear green or anything that has any bit of green because that will just really mess things up. But also think about avoiding dark colors if you're on a dark background. I have a very large black desk chair and there have been times when I've worn a black t-shirt while I'm on the black desk chair And you can't see the texture of the black chair very much unless I adjust my lights in certain complicated ways that just take me a while to set up. But still, you often don't see the difference between me and the chair behind me. So what you end up seeing is this very pale white face just floating in front of a black background. looks a bit weird. You don't want to get into that kind of thing. So... Avoid blending in with the background from what you're wearing. This is number eight. Choose your clothing wisely. Number nine, take breaks and fix yourself as necessary. If you're recording a really long video or live streaming for a really long time, you may need to take a break for a moment. And maybe you need to adjust your hair. Maybe you need to wipe your face a little bit because you realize that you feel like you're getting sweaty. Even if you don't feel like it or you don't feel the oil on your face, you may need to adjust it anyway. Just make sure that if you're going to do this, you do it frequently enough that when you freshened up, it's not obvious you've freshened up. Like in one cut, you've got this super glossy face because of all of the oils. And then in the next cut, you have this nice matte finish face because you just wipe all the oil off your face. You don't want that kind of harsh contrast. But typically, you're probably not going to be making very long videos anyway. You might also need to do things like check your hair or make sure you don't have something stuck in your teeth if you eat during your podcast, which some podcasts do for various reasons. Number nine, take breaks and fix yourself as necessary. 
Number 10, make eye contact with the right people. Video podcasting allows you to communicate with your voice and your face directly to your viewers. I am talking directly to you with my voice. And if you watch on the live stream or when I publish the videos on YouTube, I'm talking directly to my audience, you, through that medium. And more specifically, you're talking to one person, that viewer or that listener. Just like in face-to-face conversations, it's really important to maintain eye contact in your communication. If you're a solo video podcaster, then I recommend that you look directly into the lens as much as possible. Yes, you might have notes where you need to look at something or you're adjusting something off to the side, but try to look into that lens or as close as you can to the lens as often as possible so that you are making eye contact essentially with your audience because that's who you are talking to. You're not talking to an interviewer. This isn't a conversation with someone else that's being monitored. You're talking directly to your audience. So look at them. I have a few comments on a video, one of my earlier videos that I released for my video show, which is podcasting video tips on iTunes and YouTube. And I have a few comments on one of them that critique the fact that I wasn't looking at the camera. I wasn't looking at my audience, even though I was talking directly to my audience. You want to look at who you're talking to. And the problem really was that my primary camera was a DSLR that I just received recently at that time and hadn't completely learned the focusing features of it. And what ended up happening is that the camera was either out of focus the whole time or it kept focusing in and out, in and out, and it was distracting that way. So I had to make the tough choice to, instead of re-recording, which I didn't have time to do, I could not do that. I had to go with my backup video, which was the video recorded from my webcam, and thus I wasn't looking directly into the camera almost at all during that video, and some people critique that. If you have a guest or a co-host who's sitting next to you and you're both facing the camera and you're both talking to the audience, like think of a news broadcaster or Rhett and Link's Good Mythical Morning is a great example of this. They're on YouTube now. Try to spend more time looking at the audience than looking at each other. Because if you are doing that video where you're sitting next to each other and you're looking at each other, then most of the time the audience is seeing your ear, the side of your head. There are some things you can do where maybe you turn your face slightly so you are kind of facing them, kind of facing the camera. But where you point your eyes is very important. If you're pointing your eyes completely where your face is, where you're neither looking at the camera or looking at your co-host, but you're looking kind of off in the distance, it's, it's a little odd. It's distracting. It's like if I'm talking to you face to face and then I suddenly start looking over your shoulder as I'm talking to you, you might start wondering, am I talking to you? Or am I talking to the person behind you or something else? What's distracting me? And then you'll look to see or you'll get distracted by that. This can be tricky when you're doing the side-by-side co-hosting or guest kind of thing because you want to look at your guest and that is important to look at them every now and then. Definitely do that. That's okay. But try to spend more time looking at who you're really talking to. And in the case of co-hosting a podcast together, like you're having a panel or something like that, most likely you're primarily talking to your audience. So 
you should be looking at your audience, and that means looking into the camera. If your video podcast or your live stream is more about watching multiple people have a conversation, so I, as the viewer, get to watch a conversation being had and where the hosts are not talking at all directly to me, but they're talking about things that I'm interested in, then that's when it's okay to not look directly in the camera. Look at each other. Look at your guest. Look at your co-host. Look them in the eye. Don't look at the camera because then that does get distracting. Let the camera look at you from a slight angle. And there are many different cinematography techniques you can apply to this and framing and all of this stuff. But do what works for the conversation first, but also consider what looks good in the video, but make eye contact with the right people. Here's really the key that comes down to is think about who you are primarily talking to. If it's to your audience, then look into the camera. If it's to your guest or co-host, then look into their eyes. Now that doesn't mean if you're talking to your guest and co-host, always when that's happening, look at them, but do consider these things. I really recommend watch Retin Link's Good Mythical Morning on YouTube for some great examples because you'll see them talking to each other, but looking at you, the viewer. They're looking into the camera. Sometimes they look at each other. Sometimes they look at the camera. Sometimes they'll be looking at something else that they are talking about. For an example of where you're kind of spying on a conversation, look at basically any movie or TV show out there. Or a great example of this in podcast and video form is Michael Hyatt's show, This Is Your Life, on YouTube, where you can watch the videos there. That is where you're getting to sit in on a conversation. You're not part of the conversation. You're watching the conversation happen. So they don't really look at the camera. They're looking at each other engaging in that conversation, and you and I just get the benefit of watching. I have links to these in the show notes for this episode number 225 at com slash video prep. That's number 10, make eye contact with the right people. And number 11, be conscious of the camera. Don't forget that you are on camera. This is especially easy to do when you're live streaming or you're video podcasting with someone else and you're not looking directly into the camera. Over time, we may start to slouch We may start looking in distracting places or getting distracted by something else, like looking at our phone, playing with something, fidgeting with something else. I know in the last episode, I recommended a fidgeting object, but if you're on video, it might not be good to have an object to fidget with. If you need to fidget with something, maybe let it be a glass of water that you take a drink from, and that's your method of fidgeting to get that out. Watch, again, Retin Link, and you'll see that they do take drinks of water while the other person is talking and their mug is visible and it's branded, which is brilliant for them, really. But it's a great example there of being conscious of the camera. You also don't want to start doing awkward things with your body, like picking your nose, scratching something, trying to get something out of your eye or shaking in some weird way or doing any kind of odd thing that's distracting from the message that you're trying to share. So be conscious of the camera. Remember that you're on camera. And especially if you can't see what the camera is seeing, pay careful attention to ensuring you remain in frame on the camera and in focus as well. This is usually easy when we're sitting down because 
our our butts are stuck in one location. So you have some variation between that, but not all that much. You're basically anchored to the same spot, so you're not going anywhere. When you're standing up, it's a little bit easier to move around. But even if you are sitting, you might be sitting up straight when you start out. And then when you've been talking for a little while, you start to slouch and relax a bit. And maybe at some point you're actually then leaning back into the chair. So you're now as much as 18 inches farther away from the camera. You could be out of focus. You could be off mic. You could even be out of frame, especially if your chair can move around or depending on your particular setup. So be conscious of the camera. That is number 11. All 11 of these tips are in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash video prep. Once again, these 11 tips are number one, prepare yourself for audio. Number two, get plenty of quality light. Number three, over adjust the temperature. Number four, remove sweat or face oil. Number five, consider makeup. Number six, check your hair. Number seven, shave. Number eight, choose your clothing wisely. Number nine, take breaks and fix yourself as necessary. Number 10, make eye contact with the right people. And number 11, be conscious of the camera. Again, you can get all 11 of these and their relevant links in the show notes for episode 225 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash video prep. And I'd really like to hear from you. What do you do that's unique from this to prepare yourself for video podcasting or live streaming? Are there certain things that you have to be conscious of or things that you've discovered make for a bad video in either your experience or videos you've seen that just a little bit more video prep would have helped? Try to focus on those things that are preparing yourself for video because that's what this content is about, not about adjusting the focus on your camera and putting your lights in just the right location, but the stuff about you, how you look and how you sound in video. Please comment on the show notes for episode 225 at com slash audio prep. I want to thank two people who left some very kind reviews for me in iTunes. Isora Benz said, I'm in the midst of launching a podcast, and this is one of the best resources I've found to help me get up to speed on getting started. And Mark, producer of BizChicks podcast, said on my video show, which is called Podcasting Video Tips, that's available in iTunes and on YouTube. Mark said, it will help me to add some better automation to my podcast. Looking forward to watching back episodes to expand from audio into video podcasting. Thank you very much. My podcasting video tip show is not just about video podcasting, but it's about all kinds of podcasting and I display it in video. So definitely check that out over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video or theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube. And you can get the links to write your own review for me, just like Azora Robbins and Mark did. And I'm very grateful for those kind reviews. They encourage me and they help other people find the podcast as well. If you'd like to get your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically on a regular basis, then go to mypodcastreviews.com. I was just looking in my account today, and this is one of the cool things about my podcast reviews. When you've had your account for a while and you've been receiving the updates, I like receiving my updates on Mondays when I record the Audacity to podcast. And then I have my fresh batch of reviews and people to thank. But something cool I noticed today was when I was looking on the website is to see 
how many reviews I had that were in different categories, sort of. All total, the Audacity to Podcast has 216 reviews, 206 reviews in all of iTunes. And a grand total, if you add Stitcher and iTunes, 199 five-star reviews. Or if you're looking at just iTunes, then it's 190 five-star written reviews. So I'm not going to demand, but what about getting that number up to 200? That'd be kind of cool. And there's some other really cool stats too, like the country split out and such that maybe I'll share that next week. But if you'd like to get this kind of information for your own podcast to be able to sort your reviews or to filter them down to see just what are your one-star reviews so you can see what you need to improve or what are your five-star reviews if you need some encouragement or just what are your reviews from only the Ukraine or Switzerland or Nigeria or some of these other countries where you might have podcast reviews or to discover even if you have podcast reviews in these countries, go to mypodcastreviews.com and sign up for a premium account that starts at $5 per month over there and each account has its own benefits and features. Check it out at mypodcastreviews.com. Please let me know if there's any way that I can help you in podcasting. Email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or you can send a voice message or call and leave a voicemail and that contact information is all at the website at theaudacitypodcast.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening or for watching. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.